You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York. A community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. All right. We have three texts to read this morning. The first one is found in Luke chapter 22. And Jesus says, and he says it like annoyed, Simon, Simon, have you ever had to say somebody's name like that? My wife has said William, William, many, many times in our 11 plus years of being together. 16 years we've been together this October. Whew! I've been blessed for a long time. This is great. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. If you're Simon, you're like, whoa, that was, I did not see that coming. Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, everybody say when. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, probably in his mind, Simon, Simon, I tell you, the cock will not crow this day until you deny me three times. Not the compliment Peter was looking for. Then in John chapter 15, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's impossible. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And then finally, Acts chapter 10, a few verses beginning in verse 44. Peter preaches a sermon to the Gentiles. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard. Everybody say heard. On all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter, the Jewish people, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on Gentiles. How rude. Even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is the most important verse. Then they, the Gentiles, asked him to remain some days. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would continue to operate in this room, that you would make hearing your word a delight to the soul, that for a brief amount of time, you would make preaching your word easy. We pray that every person who calls this church home 
would sow their heart into the gospel faithfully, would wait in the midst of life's unresolved issues patiently, and would reap the fruit of the Spirit for the life of the world generously as you would have us. In your holy name we pray, and everybody said, amen. So there's a theologian that I read from time to time. His name is Ramiro Guardini. Do you think he's Italian? No, no, he sounds Irish. Ramiro Guardini, and he says this about Mary, when Mary doesn't understand what Jesus says to her. Jesus says to her, don't you know I should be about my father's business? And Mary doesn't understand the same. And Ramiro says this, the incident is typical. The mother's vision is not equal to that of her son, but her heart, like chosen ground, is deep enough to sustain the highest tree. Your Bible says of Mary, blessed are you, everybody say among women. We don't do well honoring the scriptures to treat her like everybody, because the scripture tells us not to. Blessed are you among women. Why? We need to see something. The debate about Mary has been over the wrong thing, and this quote satisfies it. She Her vision was not equal to that of her son. She couldn't mentally or morally or characterize ever ascend to the height that her son was ascending to. No one needs to debate this. But what we haven't talked about is that trees that grow high can only grow high in very deep soil. The debate has been about Is she perfect? Is she not? Is she flawless? Is she not? And this is putting it to rest. She cannot ascend to the heights of her son. But her heart was deep enough for Jesus to grow as tall as he did. That's the prayer that we should be praying as we are theotokos, or the church as mother. For the world. Jesus likens himself to a mother when he says, I wish I could hover over you as a hen hovers over her chicks. Paul would say to the Galatians, O foolish Galatians, of who I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ be formed in you. There's a reason why these men liken themselves unto women in metaphorical terms because there was a woman who was blessed among women whose heart was deep enough. For Jesus to grow tall enough for him to be who he was. Yes, Mary says, be it unto me according to thy word. In a moment of great suspense and confusion. Jesus, in a moment of great suspense and confusion, says, if this cup could pass from me, let it. But then something kicks in, something his mom said a long time ago, nevertheless, not my will, but be it unto me, Father God, according to your word. Doesn't the debate about should we compare the two is, is useless. 
something about her heart was deep enough for Jesus to be the person he became. And that's what we should be praying for us as a church. May a new prayer that Jacqueline and I pray are, may our hearts be deep enough for our children and our church to grow tall. May our hearts be deep enough for our children and our friends and our church to grow tall. And how tall did Jesus have to grow? In two weeks or next week. Maybe next week. Dope. Man, time is flying. We're going to celebrate Ascension Sunday where Jesus grew up and out of our ability to comprehend time and space. Her heart was deep deep enough to lose him once in the temple, once in the tomb, and then once in the air. And then she receives him on Pentecost Sunday. She's in the room when the spirit falls. And that's probably the beginning of when Mary began to comprehend all the things that she couldn't comprehend when the spirit of her son came upon her. But in the moment, we won't understand even the people we're ministering to, even the children we're raising, even the spouse we're married to. I know everybody thinks you can understand your spouse because spouses are very easy to understand. Am I right? (laughs) They're not, just in case anybody was thinking, this pastor, no, I don't. I love you. Don't always understand you. I ponder, I treasure these things in my heart. We have to grow deep so that our friends and our church and our children can grow tall. And grow tall through what? Go, grow tall through all of the hurricanes that are going to blow against those trees. Grow tall through all of the frosty nights that are going to try and kill the fruit. Grow tall through all of the sunshine days when it's just easy to be a tree. Grow tall through all of the, 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 the punishment that people will execute onto the tree, the way that they'll neglect it and, and, and treat it poorly and try to cut it down and the gouges and the scars that will be in it. Our hearts need to be deep enough so that it can grow and sustain itself through those times, not avoiding them, but through them. The question is, that sounds great, but how do we grow deep enough to have that happen? One point, We stop relying on our own actions to do it, including the thing that we don't treat like action, which is our faith and hope in Christ. Confusing, I know. I'll leave it there. You guys can, no, I'll explain what I just said. We act like we're not saved by works, but then we make faith a work. Listen, raise your hand if it's hard to have faith. So faith is clearly a work. Has anybody ever needed, was it ever effortless for anybody? Have you ever just had it in abundance? God, have you ever just, just has, has, has faith ever just poured out of you without any effort at all? Just, it's just like when, and when you're around, people are just getting healed by the hem of your jeans everywhere you go. Is it hard to have faith? It's a work. It's a gift that is given to us. And we see this with Peter. Peter says, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. 
Would we say that is saving faith? I would. He basically says to Jesus what Ruth said to Naomi, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Naomi's response to Ruth was, thank you. Thank you. Jesus' response to Peter was, no, you're not. You're actually going to do the opposite. You're actually going to deny me. You're going to do all the things that you just said you wouldn't do. You will do all the things, Peter. It's like the rich young ruler says to Jesus, what, I, I've kept all the commandments. What do I still lack? As if he was saying, I'm 99.5% of the way there. And Jesus was like, you're exactly 0% of the way there. Everything that you have, sell it. Like, everything you thought just got you there, sell it. This is supposed to be an encouraging message. Is anybody encouraged so far? You shouldn't be right now. You're too positive, Daniel. Don't be. We need it. We need your overt positivity in the world. We really do. You're welcome. It's a gift. Here's what Jesus says. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will be my friends. Who can be his friends? Raise your hand. Well, Jesus better be an introvert because he's got no friends, and I hope he likes that. <laughs> he says, if you keep my commandments, you'll be my friends. And then he says, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Okay, and so it's like, okay, so we, gotta, we, we can be his friend if we keep his commandments, and his commandment is love as I've loved. Okay, well, hopefully he loved in a way that's easy to emulate. Lay down your very life even for your enemies. I don't even want to keep your commandments. And then he says, already do I call you friends. No longer do I call you servants but I call you friends. They're still standing there. He said, if you obey me, you will be my friends. That night, all of them are going to do not that. <laughs> None of them are going to obey him. All of them are going to run. All of them are going to betray. All of them are going to deny. They're about to be out in his moment of greatest need. And he says, if you keep my commandments, if you love like I love, then you'll be my friends. None of them are going to do it. But then he says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. But you just gave us the ultimatum. If we obey, then we'll be your friends. Why are you calling us friends? And he says this, because I've given you everything the Father has given me. So we can only be your friends if we obey, but you're already calling us friends. And you're laying down your life for us so I guess we can only be friends once you've made us friends to be. Now look at what he does with Peter. You ready, Salem? This is friendship. This is what his friendship looks like. And this happens on the, the same night he said in John 15, already do I call you friends. It's the same night that Peter's going to betray him. Almost half of the entire book of John is at the Last Supper from roughly John 12 all the way to 
Good Friday is happening at the Last Supper table. So he says to them there, I'm, I'm already calling you friends. And they're like, well, but you just said we can only be your friends if. And Jesus is essentially saying, you're going to be my friends because. I want you to hear that. We say to people, you're my friends if. Jesus is saying, you're my friend because of what I'm going to do. What is he going to do? What does real friendship look like? Tonight, Peter, you're going to break every bit of the covenant you've ever had with me. But I've already prayed for you. And when you return, you won't only be strengthened, but you will then strengthen those that your sin has hurt. Some people level a critique against Christianity and say, okay, this is actually very immoral that you just hurt all these people in your life and then you say sorry and God forgives you. Well, what about them? That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, you are going to turn away from me and it's going to hurt people. But when you return, you're not only going to be strengthened, but you are then going to strengthen your brothers. In other words, you're not only going to just be forgiven and find new life, but then you're going to be the conduit for the new life to those that have been injured by the sin in the first place. So then in Acts, when Peter begins to speak, as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit begins falling. Well, let's ask ourselves this question. Why is Peter even there talking to the Gentiles? Because in Acts chapter 2, and you've heard me say this before, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on how much flesh? All flesh. But then, when Peter encountered the Gentiles, he treated them like they weren't allowed to receive the Holy Spirit. So Peter in Acts 2 says, how much flesh? All flesh. But then in his actions, he's racist. See, you can be right in your content with the Holy Spirit and wrong in your character toward the prophecy that you yourself said. So God reveals in a vision to Peter while he's meditating a vision of food, which is the way to every man's heart. Praise the Lord. And Peter re realizes, I haven't been living into even the prophecy that I prophesied. I said all flesh, but I re in my mind, I meant only Jewish flesh. And he goes to the Gentiles. And he preaches the word of God to the Gentiles. Now, he's pouring out to them the, from the area of grace where he's been forgiven. He's not saying, I'm a worthless vessel. He's not saying, I don't deserve to be doing this. He's saying, friendship is happening in me, and I haven't held up my end of the if. He said that he would be my friend if I fulfilled his commandments. Haven't fulfilled one of them. Denied him three times. He found me, saved me, got me the Holy Spirit. Then I prophesied, and I failed even in my own prophecy, and he's still relentlessly calling me friend. I want to share the this friendship that is happening in me that I can't stop from happening. I just want to share it. And while he's sharing it, the Holy Spirit inexplicably falls not on those who asked for him to, not on those who confessed, not on those who repented, but on all who 
heard the word. And Peter standing back saying, I don't understand this. I haven't understood this. Just like Mary. But Peter is now getting deep enough for the people in his life to grow high enough. He's surprised at the fruit happening in his life. There should be nothing predictable about how we feel when the friendship of Jesus works through our life inexplicably beyond our virtue and character. We should be as excited. And here's the miracle. The Spirit falls. He baptizes them. And then they invited him to stay. We have made church about inviting everybody to come to us. We're going to have like inviter of the month Sunday. Whoever got the most people gets a badge and a candy cane or something. I don't know. I don't know why I keep looking to you for affirmation. I feel like if you're not in along with me, I feel like I'm doing a good job right now. You're very intimidating. <laughs> He's the nicest person on the face of the earth. We promote inviting, bring people, and of course we should. Nobody, nobody hear me right now and be like, he's saying we should invite people. That's ridiculous. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what else should be happening? Else? Also? <laughs> With that? <laughs> is that we should be the kinds of people that people who look vastly different than we do invite us to stay where they are. And people with deep hearts will be the kinds of people that are easy to say, yo, can you, just, can you just stay in my life a little longer? When Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, and they go to turn in because the day is far spent. The Bible says in Luke 24, I believe, that Jesus indicated that he was going to keep walking farther. And they said, would you please stay? Turn in with us. We have a place for you. A stranger that didn't feel like a stranger because he made them feel known. Because his heart is deep. Because his mom's heart was deep. Our hearts can be deep because his heart is deep. Because his mom's heart was deep. Listen to this. My mom put it in a sleeve. This is from October 30th, 19... And 89, the year of our Lord, 1989. Prophecy in prayer. I was seven. Spend time with the children individually and collectively. Laugh with them. Let them be who they are. <laughs> Billy needs the most love. Can you come on up here? I feel like this will sound so much better with you playing right now. Let's see if, and John, oh, you've already moved twice as fast as John. <laughs> You're nimble compared to him, man. Look at you go. It's a thing. 
John comes up here like he just won an award and is trying to soak up every minute of it. He's got, it's, it is, it was swagger. It's, now it's just he's moving very slow. John and Stephanie are enjoying some time away in the city together, celebrating Stephanie's birthday. Okay, this will sound better now. Because this is funny, but it's also um, absolutely amazing. This is the heart of a deep mom, a very deep mom. Spend time with the children individually and collectively. Laugh with them. My God. I just, I, I just want to preach this in the second service. Do not take time that you have with somebody so seriously that you forget to laugh with them. Yesterday at the funeral, somebody said, a smile is the one thing that enriches the person who receives it but doesn't impoverish the person who gives it. Laugh with them. Laugh with them. Let them be who they are. Billy needs the most love, obviously. He has a tender and gentle spirit. Speak to things that are not as though they are, Mom. (laughs) Don't let that be stolen away. Let him be who he is. Let him yell. See, you don't understand what she just signed up for there. It's funny, but it's also tragic. Because my dad and I actually have gotten physical with yelling and had moments that are not funny at all. And somewhere down in the deep heart of my mom, let him yell. Didn't know what she was writing when I was seven. I was still cute. (laughs) Thank God, God gave her this prophecy in 1989. Because I'm assuming in 2002, she was like, don't let him yell. Don't let him yell anymore. Let him ask questions. He has a hunger to know about life. He will be a leader. He will have compassion over those he leads. He'll protect them. (laughs) He'll always need his parents. I hired her. He'll always be close to us. Let him speak his mind. And then it says like in like a (laughs) write-in, something about being obedient. It literally says something about being obedient. The Holy Spirit talking to my mom. If you knew what has transpired in that home from 89 until today, we went through such dark moments. And it wasn't about, are you following the three spiritual laws? It was about survival sometimes. It was me saying, yeah, I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah, I'm going to do all the right things. Yeah, I'm going to do all of this stuff. And then for years, it was my mom saying, Satan is going to sift you, but I'm praying for you. And when you return, you'll be strengthening people one day. Having a deep heart isn't being academic. Having a deep heart isn't being a scholar or a theologian. It's about trusting and receiving that what God says about you is real. 
God told Mary she can do it by telling Mary who Jesus was going to be. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I so desperately want you to know. See, see, it's the job of a shepherd to have a rod and a staff. And we, we've talked about this, but a slightly different angle. David, likening himself to a sheep, says, the rod and the staff of my shepherd comfort me. Why? Because a rod and a staff, I'm saying this as your pastor, I'm also say, saying this to parents. You ready? Hear me. The rod and the staff are never supposed to be used on the sheep. They're supposed to be used on the bears and the lions and the wolves that attack the sheep. That's why the rod and the staff, they comfort me. So what makes me angry as a shepherd, what makes me want to get the rod and the staff out is when evil, maniacal thoughts enter your minds and tell you that you're less than God in the Bible says that you are. I want you to leave these services free to realize you're already deeper than you could ever possibly imagine. You're already so friended. Your friendship with God is no longer in court. Why? Because I've called you friends is what Jesus says. And when Jesus says to Peter, tonight you're going to deny me, but I've prayed for you, what Jesus is saying is my prayer does better work than your sin does. My prayer will work better than your sin will work against it. My prayer will win. There isn't a person on the face of this earth that he's not saying, you're going to get sifted, but I'm praying for you. And when you return, you won't just be better, but you'll make those better who you even may have hurt. So with every eye closed, here's what I would like us to do. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. They're going to close with a song. And while we're in this moment, here's this one. If something about this message has just touched your heart, if you've been touched in the words that were given during the worship service, anything in this sermon, if you, if you feel the Spirit saying, you have to break out of how you're viewing yourself. Your sins do not work harder than my prayer for you works. We can't spend time at the altar yet. But we can come like we've done before and touch it for a moment and say, Lord, I give you me and I receive you. So as the worship team begins to play, as they begin to sing, if something has just gripped your heart this morning, there's always something to be said about movement. Movement. Jesus easily could have stood in such a way where the woman with the issue of blood wouldn't have had to move, but part of her healing was the pressing. Part of her healing was pushing through the crowd. She wasn't trying to get to her healing. That's actually part of the healing. If it wasn't part of the healing, she wouldn't have had to do that. She had to do it because that's part of our healing. So if there's something about this today that has just touch, if the spirit has touched your life at all and you're saying, I just, I need, I want to be aware of this friendship that has already made me deep, that has already accepted me, and that has made me the kind of person that can love and accept people in new and exciting ways. Beginning today, it can even reach back to your yesterday. 
then just for a moment as they sing, just come and place your hand on the altar and just accept the love of God. This isn't getting saved. It might be for you, but it's not that. It's just accepting over and over and over again. Everybody say over and over. It's accepting over and over again the friendship of the one who's so our friend that we don't believe it. What does he say to Judas? Friend, have you betrayed me with a kiss? Judas like, I cannot get away from this friendship. And neither can you. So as they begin to worship, if that's you, if you're just feeling that, just come place your hand on the altar. If not, just worship with us, and then we're going to come to the Lord's table this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing over your people. May they know their worth and their value. May their hearts be deep. May all of our hearts be deep so that our friends, family, and church can continue to grow tall in Beacon, the Hudson Valley, and the surrounding area. In your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Moms, we have a wonderful gift for you. There's a lot of goodies in this bag. If you don't take it, I'm going to eat all of them, so go take them now. We love you so much. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.